New Orleans Saints defensive coordinator Dennis Allen gets his first interview for a head coach opening, what it means for the Saints. Another way that Jameis Winston exceeded expectations in 2021. And in case you missed it, everything you need from this past week for your New Orleans Saints. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into the Friday episode of Locked On Saints, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. As always, thank you so much for making Locked On Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget that we're free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube as well. And I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson. NOLA on Twitter, Canal Street Chronicles, Locked in NFL. And here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked on Saints. We got a lot of stuff that we're going to get through today as we wrap up the week around the New Orleans Saints. But I want to start off with defensive coordinator Dennis Allen. Allen finally scheduled for his first head coaching interview of this offseason's job opening cycle. It's going to be on Tuesday this upcoming week with the Chicago Bears. It's expected to be the final interview of the Bears' first round of interviews for head coach. So soon after that, you'll start to see second interviews coming up, which should usually identify finalists that are being considered for the position. So you're looking at Dennis Allen getting his first interview on Tuesday and potentially a second interview sometime after that will be the thing to be keen on to look out for to see if he becomes a finalist for that job. Once again, this is Dennis Allen's first interview this offseason, despite the fact that there's like seven or eight different head coaching positions open, depending upon how you look at it. And that's a little bit surprising because we expected Dennis Allen to get a lot of attention, but it seems that potentially, potentially his previous head coaching record of eight and 28 with the then Oakland Raiders in 2012 to 2014, maybe carries a little bit more weight still here in 2021, 2022 rather, uh, than we might have expected. He's been with the New Orleans Saints on and off basically since 2000 and what, 2006? Yeah, 2006 when he was their defensive line coach and he was their secondary coach in 2008 and won the Super Bowl with the Saints there. And then he went away for a little while, became a defensive coordinator for one year with the Denver Broncos and then had that stint with the Oakland Raiders before coming back to New Orleans eventually and then serving as a defensive assistant. And then eventually in 2015, taking over as a Saints defensive coordinator. And since he's done that, The Saints defense has gone from historically bad to absolutely phenomenal winning games for the team and shutting out former, you know, reigning MVPs and reigning Super Bowl champions in those situations. So, so far, that's the attention that Dennis Allen has gotten uh, at this point. Now, some uh, some teams have just now started their head coaching interviews like the Minnesota Vikings. They've been more keenly focused on their general manager spot than their head coaching spot. The Las Vegas Raiders are still kind of starting up all of their stuff to figure out if they're going to move ahead with Coach Bisaccia or if they're going to go with another uh, head coach, which seems more likely at this point. But Dennis Allen not yet involved in those conversations, but will have his first head coaching interview with the Chicago Bears next week. So what does that mean for the New Orleans Saints? Because if they lose Dennis Allen, then they'll need to figure out how to fill that vacancy when it comes to the defensive coordinator position. And I think there are three easy options for the New Orleans Saints. The first of which is Ryan Nielsen, right? Ryan Nielsen, who's a defensive line coach. He has been with the New Orleans Saints for some time now, joined in 2017 
Before that was with NC State and had a lot of coaching experience uh, in the college uh, realm. And he, not only is he the defensive line coach for the New Orleans Saints, but he's been the assistant head coach uh, as of last season as well, because when it came down to either staying in New Orleans or heading over to Baton Rouge to be come the uh, LSU Tigers defensive coordinator last year, Sean Payton said, nobody, we're going to give you a promotion. We'll give you more money. You're staying here. So I kind of always wondered, and I think many people have, I'm sure you have as well, if in that was also some conversation about, hey, if DA ends up leaving at any point, you're next up at defensive coordinator. So Ryan Nielsen would make sense there. He's worked with Dennis Allen over the course of the past handful of years. So he would be able to effectively carry uh, carry on the development that has already taken place at the defensive side and potentially add a little bit of his own twist to it, which you know is could be all the difference of maintaining uh, a phenomenal defense going into 2022, 2023 and on. The other in-house option would be Chris Richard. Chris Richard has operated as a defensive coordinator before. He was hired as a DC in Dallas a few years ago. Didn't go great, didn't go poorly at all. He also had some time with the uh, Seattle Seahawks and then, of course, was their secondary coach, DB coach, was the sort of glue to the Legion of Boom there and had a huge, hugely successful 2021 with the New Orleans Saints on their secondary and with their defensive backs. So he would be another fantastic defensive coordinator option in-house as well. The big outside person that I would watch out for would be former Minnesota Vikings head coach Mike Zimmer. Mike Zimmer is an absolute genius on the defensive side. He's not the greatest um, coach, head coach, in terms of developing things over on the offensive side and things like that. We sort of saw that, but that whole situation was kind of quirky. They didn't really ever get the quarterback situation fixed. They didn't really have a GM that was doing the doing the most for them and everything. So it was just kind of a lot going on in Minnesota. So getting Mike Zimmer back to focusing on defense could be huge for a team like New Orleans if they lose Dennis Allen. And of course, Mike Zimmer and Sean Payton have a previously existing relationship that would be big as well. And Mike Zimmer has that personality that I think would fit in the culture, just like Ryan Nielsen, just like Chris Richard already have. So those are the options, the top three options for me at defensive coordinator at this time, if the Saints lose Dennis Allen. But the ideal situation above all else is that Dennis Allen just sticks around in New Orleans. I'm sure it's what you want. It's certainly what I would love to see for the team. And no doubt it's what the organization would love as well. So we'll keep an eye out on that. We're also keeping an eye out over the course of this offseason about what the New Orleans Saints are doing at quarterback. We had a nice conversation earlier on this week about how Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill both sort of elevated above the expectations over the course of the 2021 season in their own way. I want to dig in a little bit further on one of those aspects around Jameis Winston, something I didn't get to include last time that we're going to talk about this time, and how his ball distribution shows a ton of improvement and something that you should feel really good about if the Saints maintain Jameis Winston going into 2022, just like they hope to maintain Dennis Allen. We got that and much more coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. And talking about maintaining things, let me help you maintain a little bit of money in your pocket with these super high gas prices out there. I want to tell you about my favorite app, Get Upside. Helps you save money at the pump anytime that you fill up. It's simple. You go to one of the select gas stations, you fill up your car, your truck, your vehicle, whatever it is, fill it all the way up, take a picture of the receipt, upload it to the app, and then the app turns around and gives you up to 25 cents back per gallon every time that you fill up. It goes right to your account. You can transfer it out to your bank account. You can transfer it to a PayPal. You can get Amazon gift cards and other brands as well whenever you want. 
And if you download the app and you're using it for the first time, don't forget to use the promo code touchdown so that you get a 25 cent bonus. That's up to 50 cents back per gallon on your very first fill up. So people are getting 200 $300 back per month that drive a lot. So if you're one of those folks that drives a ton, make sure you go and grab the Get Upside app and don't forget that promo code touchdown to get 50 cents back per gallon on your first fill up. And our friends over at betonline.ag would love to wish you a happy new year as we continue on as our march through the playoffs continues in the NFL. You've got the NBA heating up with the all-star break around right around the corner and a ton more around the world of sports. And so I want to remind you that BetOnline is still the number one place for all of your sports wagering here in 2022. It's a new year. And so there's a new updated website, whether you visit on the mobile app or via your desktop as well. And I don't want you to forget about that 50% welcome bonus either. When you sign up for your first time, make sure that you use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Football, baseball, hockey, boxing, UFC, all your favorite Vegas casino games, live betting, everything is available for you. And right there at the tip of your fingers, all the amazing offers that are going to be available in 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to place all of your bets. And once again, don't forget that promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit over at BetOnline, where the game starts. Right, Huda Nation, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Thank you once again for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day. And with all of our exciting news going on here across the Locked on Podcast Network, I want to remind you that Peacock and Williamson, as well as Locked on Saints, are going to be at Super Bowl Radio Row in Los Angeles all that week headed up to the Super Bowl February 7th up to my birthday February 11th. On the Friday, I get to spend my birthday at the Super Bowl Radio Row. How cool is that? So we're going to have a whole bunch of material coming up for you here, but get all the good stuff over at Peacock and Williamson, which you can find wherever you get your podcast. All right, so I want to talk a little bit more. This is kind of getting a little bit of an early start on our In Case You Missed It segment, which we do every Friday to get you caught up on everything you need to know around the New Orleans Saints from the busy weeks here throughout the offseason. So we're going to talk a little bit about a couple of wide receivers that the Saints have brought in and what's going on with Jeff Ireland, right? The New York Giants, they've selected their general manager. What does that mean for Jeff Ireland? We'll talk about that here in just a little bit. But first, I want to start off with kind of revisiting a conversation from earlier this week. Earlier this week, earlier this week, we talked a little bit about Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill and how there are usually people on either side of the argument and, and everything like that and, and, and all of that. But I think that what's most important as opposed to like pushing narratives and trying to talk about this player being the better one than this one or, or, or whatever is to acknowledge that both of these players, Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill, in their own right, each exceeded expectations in 2021. And in that, we focused on uh, Jameis's decision making really kind of being much better Uh, In 2021, we talked about his distribution of the ball when it came to different areas of the field, not always pushing deep, going to the running backs, um, doing all of that, but then also making sure that we were talking about like turnover worthy passes and things like that. So there were a lot of places where he improved. And then there were a lot of places where Taysom Hill improved as well, particularly around the ability to make quick decisions about whether or not he was going to run or scramble or pass or or whatever that was going to be, and that he pushed the ball deep quite a bit. 45% of his dropbacks resulted in a pass uh, 20 yards downfield. I mean, he really pushed the ball down the field. And so when it came down to all of those things, all of those those sort of elements 
were ways that each of those quarterbacks in their own way exceeded expectations. So now I want to talk a little bit further because there was a piece that I didn't get to go into just in the interest of time that I want to dig in on that's maybe a little bit more nuanced, and it's around the conversation of Jameis Winston. Now, yes, I'm about to say something positive about Jameis Winston, but it doesn't mean that I'm saying anything negative about Taysom Hill, okay? I'm just talking about Jameis Winston here for a second, just because I want to kind of highlight distribution and decision-making in another way. So I want to kind of revisit a conversation that we had all the way back in the off-season of 2020. If you weren't here for that, don't worry, I'm going to fill you in. Basically, I wanted to explore whether or not Alvin Kamara would still be able to get the same number of targets with Jameis Winston, who tends to push the ball downfield, which was our expectation at the time, right? And of course, Alvin Kamara did not get the amount of targets that you're used to seeing him get in 2021. But was it necessarily because Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill didn't target running backs? No, it had a lot to do with the fact that there were four different quarterbacks, no offensive line, and Alvin Kamara missed four games and so on and so forth. So there just wasn't much of a passing game in New Orleans at all. But what I want to talk about is what passing game was there and what the ball distribution was when it comes to receiving options. Because before that 2020 season or 2021 season, excuse me, we really dug into what happened and how Jameis Winston had played going into 2019. And one of the things that we pulled away from, I'm going to read this here, uh, was that before 2019, Drew Brees targeted running backs more than any other player in the NFL in a certain time span. And that was 27.1% of the time. It was most in the NFL for, for the time range that they were discussing. This was a PFF piece. Uh, during that, in that same article, they talked about Jameis Winston, who targeted running backs only 16% of the time, 20th in the NFL over that time span. Now, what I want to really lean into here is a focus on how that number changed, but a focus on another number as well. Jameis Winston targeted outside receivers 43.1% of the time during that time span, second most in the NFL behind only Ben Roethlisberger. So how did that break down in 2021? So that's where we can see that the ball distribution changes worked for Jameis Winston. And it gives us a little, another little piece of a look at his decision-making process and how that improved as well. Uh, 23.1% of Jameis Winston's targets in 2021 went to running backs. That's up from that 16% over multiple years. This is a much smaller sample size than the multi-year study that was done before, but this still gives us a glimpse, right, in terms of the microcosm of how things were changing for Jameis Winston. And it didn't stop there. Outside receivers, 36.2% uh, tw uh, of Jameis Winston's targets in 2021. Now that includes some throwaways, some batted passes at the line of scrimmage, things like that. But that's what you're looking at. So his targeting running backs went up from 16% to 23.1% and went and his outside receiver targets went down considerably from 43.1% down to 36.2%. So what does that tell you? It tells you that Jameis Winston distributed the ball a lot more evenly across the way, right? Tight ends are right there in that 22% area. Slot wide receivers are going to be right in that same area as well. And then there's going to be some percentage that's left out because of, like we mentioned, like throwaways and, and, and stuff like that. So this tells you that Jameis Winston had no problem targeting tight ends, running backs, outside receivers, uh, slot receivers. There was just no real delineation that tells you or no real information there that tells you that he was only comfortable throwing outside, which was kind of the suspicion about him going into that 2019 season where he then went off for you know 5,000 yards by mostly targeting outside receivers, right? And I know 
what you're thinking, right? Um, well, Ross, there weren't very reliable outside receiving options consistently throughout the 2021 season. So how could he have targeted those outside receivers? And to that, I say, exactly, because that goes into the decision-making process, right? He went through his progressions and made better decisions as opposed to forcing passes to receivers that weren't able to get open during that 2021 season on the outside and forcing passes into bad situations on the perimeter. Instead of going where he was most comfortable, which was passing throughout the perimeter, which you could see throughout his entire career, instead, he changed the way that he played the game and fit the mold of what this New Orleans Saints offense wanted to look like, which was utilizing everyone in the passing game. So there you go. That's my extra piece for you around another place that Jameis Winston exceeded expectations. So now the big question continues to be what's going to happen at this position going into 2021. I think that this, as well as the conversation that we had a lot or earlier in the week about both Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill should make you feel pretty comfortable if the Saints decide that going back to Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill makes sense. We should expect that there's interest in Russell Wilson if he hits the market. But if that doesn't happen, and if the Saints don't go out there and make another trade, and instead they end up sticking with Jameis Winston by bringing him back and rolling ahead with him and Taysom Hill uh, going into the offseason, there's a lot of reasons to still feel comfortable with that, especially if you can maintain the defense. And a big part of that was maintaining Dennis Allen of course. So fingers crossed on that side. All right, coming up next, we're going to dive into, in case you missed it, the Saints are going to be looking to maintain Dennis Allen. Yes, but they're also going to be looking to maintain their guy, Jeff Ireland, who has been like the genius on the boards when it comes to the draft over the course of the past few years for the New Orleans Saints. So the New York Giants have hired their general manager. What does that mean for Jeff Ireland and the New Orleans Saints? We've got that coming up for you next as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. But as we mentioned before, it's the new year. So you're still in the midst of your New Year's resolutions, 21 days in. I hope you're holding strong. And if you have some type of a New Year's resolution that's around getting fit or eating right, I want to make sure that Built Bar is a part of your plan because we're talking about the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Let me rephrase that even better than a candy bar. These Built Bars beat candy bars in blind testing. Not even lying. That is absolutely an awesome piece around this because these bars are absolutely delicious, phenomenal flavors that we've talked about a ton, nothing boring about them, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Let's talk about one of those fantastic flavors. Let's talk about coconut almond, one of my absolute favorites, 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, four net carbs, but you're getting 17 grams of protein, and they're high in fiber as well. So go ahead and compare that to those other bars where you're getting 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens and dozens of net carbs. So don't play those games anymore. Get in on where you need to be with these built bars. Go and check them out for yourself, though, right? Don't just take my testimonial for it. Find out for yourself. Head over today to built.com and don't forget to use the promo code LOCKED15, L O C K E D 1 5, so you can get 15% off of your next order. That's 15% off with the promo code LOCKED15 at built.com. Let's get into that nation. Wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints with our In Case You Missed It segment to close out the week. Making sure that you have all the biggest stories from throughout the week before you hit the weekend. So let's go ahead and jump into a couple of actually more recent stories that happen around the New Orleans Saints, but that have a lot of impact on the New Orleans Saints. And the first of which will be around uh, Jeff Ireland. And, you know, one of those guys, we talked about Dennis Allen at the beginning of the show Jeff Ireland's another one of those guys that could potentially be hired away from one of the four open, well, formerly four 
open general manager positions. But as of today, the general manager spot for the New York Giants has been filled with Joe Shane. Now, the reason why I bring this up is because that was Joe Shane, one of the Chicago Bears top candidates reportedly. So with that being the case, the pool has thinned by one of the favorite candidates for the Chicago Bears, which is the only place that Jeff Ireland has gotten a GM interview, the same place where uh, Dennis Allen will be having his head coaching interview on Tuesday. So something to watch there. As the pool thins with other general managers getting hired, the likelihood of Jeff Ireland landing somewhere does become more, well, likely. So definitely something to watch there. We haven't seen Jeff Ireland do a second interview, but those second sort of interviews should be happening here soon, according to Lauren Cox of Locked on Bears. So a story and a connection to continue to watch. Along with Dennis Allen, watch out with Jeff Ireland and the Chicago Bears. But again, fingers crossed, hopefully nothing goes wrong there. Next up, we'll talk about Right across the division, this is another piece of news that just came out here recently today on Friday. The uh, Carolina Panthers moved on from former New Orleans Saints defensive assistant, former uh, passing game coordinator with LSU when they had the greatest college football season we've ever seen in Joe Brady partway through the season as their offensive coordinator. Since then, the offensive coordinator position was served in an interim role, but has now been filled by Ben McAdoo. Yeah, that Ben McAdoo that failed horribly with the New York Giants. So the connections continue to grow here. Um, I talked to Julian Council of Locked On Panthers about this before I recorded today. And his exact phrase to me was, yeah, it'll be for 17 weeks. So not a lot of faith uh, coming from the you know the the prideful Panthers organizations over there uh, in regards to what Ben McAdoo will bring on the offensive side to the Carolina Panthers. So definitely thought they were going to go with somebody a little bit more you know a little bit younger like your usual offensive coordinator candidate, but they go with Ben McAdoo. So we'll see how all of that goes. One day when we're when I meet you in person, ask me my Ben McAdoo story. And I will tell you, but I won't tell you here. Uh, Last up, we're going to take a look at two receivers that the New Orleans Saints ended up bringing in, uh, and one of which signed to a future reserve deal, former Tulane wide receiver as well as Oklahoma State wide receiver, uh, Jalen McCleskey, the son of J.J. McCleskey, who was a core special teamer back in the day for the New Orleans Saints. Jalen was on the New Orleans Saints training camp roster at the beginning of the 2021 season. Unfortunately, didn't make the cut going into the regular season, dealt with some injuries over the offseason as well. But when I watched him during training camp, when we were there covering uh, camp throughout those weeks, I thought that he had some nice reps. He's not a, you know, he's a willing blocker, but he's not the biggest body for a blocking body. So I wasn't entirely uh, surprised to see him not make the roster. But, you know, if the Saints look for somebody that's going to be able to help to take the top off during training camp, McCleskey during camp should absolutely be that person. We'll see if he can make the 53-man roster, but if nothing else, expect him to be there during camp on the 90-man roster. That's not the only wide receiver that they signed. However, that was on a future reserve deal. Now they go out and they sign also Kirk Merritt, who used to actually is from Louisiana, played college with the Arkansas State Red Wolves, the same alma mater as Demario Davis. Had a 1,000-yard receiving season there with seven touchdowns and over 80 catches just a few years ago. He actually came in and spent time with the Miami Dolphins for the last two years. Over those two years, he's only appeared in less than a handful of games, one catch for 13 yards, tried to hurdle somebody, and it ended up being kind of a disastrous fall for him. He was fine, but didn't look pretty. Uh, but you know, now he ends up with an opportunity in New Orleans. Six foot one, two hundred and twelve pounds. Excuse me, good blocker. Has been a bit of a deep threat throughout his collegiate career. Can stretch the field a bit, but is also, like I mentioned, somebody that can serve uh, some additional roles for you as well. 
as a run blocker, getting out ahead, operating in the slot, all of that. So should be, you know, somebody to keep an eye out on during camp. I suspect that his contract is more of like a veteran minimum one year deal since he was a street free agent, meaning that he was available to sign immediately as opposed to having to go on to a future reserve deal or something like that. He didn't end up on that future reserve contract with the Miami Dolphins. So now he's coming back to Louisiana where he's from to spend at least training camp with the New Orleans Saints next season. So that's it. That gets you all caught up on everything around your New Orleans Saints. We'll be back with you on Monday, uh, going ahead and digging into everything that happens over the weekend. And we'll continue to look back at the 2021 season while giving you that 2022 outlook as well. But you know what it is. It's Mock Draft Monday. So we've got that coming up for you right around the corner. I appreciate y'all as always making Locked On Saints your first listen of the day. Don't forget for your second listen, go and check out Locked On Bets, your boy Q, handicapping expert Lee Serling. They've got you taken care of. Go and check them out wherever it is that you get your podcast. And for everything that you need around the New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're momming them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holler at you.